This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I've been jumping around. Have you noticed? I've been talking a little in these last weeks out of the book of Acts. We've been looking at women in the Bible. We've also been looking at um, loving and listening for learning more about our Lord. So before we take a break and do uh, the summer challenge, I'm going to finish up these series. And today I want to talk to you about a collection of great women. Now you're going to laugh and say, oh, but Donna, there are so many collections of great women. Yes, and I, I don't know where you are or who you are, but I have the strong sense that you are a part of the great collection of women, the great collection of women in this world who have done so many things. So this little collection that I've gathered today it kind of brings us in and out of the old uh, covenant doesn't kind of, it does bring us. And in some sense, I think these women, really the truth is they don't have, an, we don't have enough information about them, the great things they did to make a whole show of them. But at the same time, their names are names that you'll recognize or that have been a part of the story starting in Genesis and going through Revelation. This is Exodus, and the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have some, I've come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hevites, the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites have now come to me, and I have come to see how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Who are we talking about? Moses. He's talking to Moses. And Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God says, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on the mountain. So this is, this is what brings the women I'm going to mention to you in this time we have together, their, their purpose, their sort of reason. The children of Israel have had enough. And now, as you know, um, Moses is called to do this, and he objects. And yet God uh, shows him that this is what he could do. The midwives answered Pharaoh, 
Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives fear God, he gave them families of their own. Ah. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? They jeopardized their own safety to save the life of Moses and the other Hebrew babies. Shifra and Puha feared God more than Pharaoh, and God blessed them because of their religious actions. The bold pronouncement anticipated Peter's words in the book of Acts, We must obey God rather than any human authority as the God of our ancestors did. While we are commanded to pray for our leaders, our ultimate duty is to God. And here's this collection of women. I don't know, there are two of them named, but I don't know how many midwives, how many Israelites by that time, the the indication is when they left Egypt and they were taken out of bondage, there were millions of them. So how many midwives had helped Jewish women give birth to children when the Pharaoh had said, cut them off, take their lives? So one of the women I want to talk about for a minute is Jochebed. And Jochebed is a rather famous woman. He is Moses' mother. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him where? For three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a basket, and a, a papyrus basket, and for him coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. You all know that story, don't you? You know that story. Now, here is a mother's call. This is a mother's call. Protect your child at all costs, whatever it takes. I have heard terrific, horrific stories in my years of dealing with young women and mothers whose husbands, whose neighbors who uh, just in the last few months, um, six or seven months, a young woman in one of my groups, her daughter had suffered from a peeping Tom. A peeping Tom, what a terrible thing to happen to a teenage girl. And what do the parents do? They do anything. They they rose up. They bought inf- um equipment to put on the windows that moved senses and motion and took pictures, and they caught this guy. And then they had to do something. You know, you have to go the next step. You're offended by someone, you have to go the next step. You, you've been taken hostage, you have to go to court and say, that's him. And so many times we find, I don't want to do that, I don't want to get involved, I don't want to do that much work for ourselves. But when it comes to our children... We will do anything. They caught this man. They arrested this man, and he is now to be imprisoned for seven years for peeping Tom. And I want you to know that I personally say, hooray. And that is a terrible, terrible thing to do 
to anyone, much less a young woman. So here is Jochebed. That's the kind of thing she did. She was fearless in her efforts to keep her baby boy alive. By faith, Moses' parents hid him because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edicts. For three months, they sheltered him and protected him until they had nothing else to do. And what happens? Most of you know this story, but it was Jochebed, a a mother, a woman whose name we don't hear very often. And then, of course, there was the Pharaoh's daughter. The Pharaoh's daughter comes, not just any woman. You know, another, another Jewish woman could have come and seen Moses in that bulrush. But no, Pharaoh's daughter comes. And her attendants are walking with her. And she sees the basket. She opens the basket and discovers there is a baby. And he's crying. And she felt sorry for him. And she says, this is one of the Hebrew babies. Exodus chapter 2. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, go. So the girl went and got the baby's mother and said, This is Pharaoh's daughter. This is who I am. I want you to take this baby and nurse this baby for me, and I will pay you. Okay. Like, who could imagine this perfect story? Do you think Jochebed had an idea that one day he's at the risk of his life by the Pharaoh, and the next day he's living in the Pharaoh's house, and she, his mother, is nursing him and getting paid for it? Okay, like only God could have planned that, and he did. And Jochebed was strong, and she was fearless. In some ways, I think that that was also true of the Pharaoh's daughter. She had to be quite brave to go against her father and say, I want this baby. I want to do something with this baby. From a human standpoint, Moses was being prepared for the difficult task. We know that now... We didn't know that then. Cyrus built the temple. He appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. God is using an unbelievable centurion to save Paul from shipwreck. We're back to Acts, Acts 27. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. So we see God's hand, like the midwife's answer to Pharaoh, here we see this answer. Moses' mother is fearless in keeping him alive. Sephora. Z-I-P-P-O-R-A-H. Do you know who she was? She's another woman in Moses' life who helps affect God's plan, which was given in Exodus chapter 3. The burning bush is the story in the first part of Exodus chapter 3. The burning bush story leads us to say, how did Moses get there? He got there because Jochebed, his mother, protected him. He got there because the Pharaoh's daughter took a risk, and he married Sipporah. 
Moses' wife, who bore Gershom. And later, Sipporah had another son named Eliezer. More on that on another time. We're not going to get too deep into this, and maybe we'll never get back to that. Moses killed an Egyptian taskmaster and fled to the desert. So let's look again and find out what's going on with Moses in the story of women in his lives. So, so far we have his mother, we have the Pharaoh, and now we have Sipporah, his wife. In Exodus chapter 4, starting at verse 24, on the way at a place where they spent the night, the Lord met him and tried to kill him. But Sephora took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, Truly, you are the bridegroom of blood to me. So he let them alone. It was then that she said, Abide groom of blood by circumcision. The Lord said to Aaron in the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and he met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord which he had sent him. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron spoke to all of them. The people believed, and they began the next phase of their journey. The Lord meets Moses, is about to kill him. And here we see Moses appears to have been utterly prostrate and unable to perform the rite for himself. And Sephora comes in. Then there's Miriam in chapter 2. When she saw he was being rescued, young Miriam bravely approached Pharaoh's daughter and persuaded her to have the baby nursed by the mother. Now, I'm a little backtracking into these stories because the women, I'm coming, trying to come to them as they come in the scripture. So, Jochebed is the mother, and Sephora is the wife, but Miriam is the um, brave young woman who says to the Pharaoh's daughter, take this baby. Um, she is Moses's sister, okay? So Moses has a sister, a mother, Pharaoh's daughter, and his wife. And she represent, these women represent the continuation of who uh, Moses is going to be and what God is going to call Moses to do. Let's take this concept back to Moses again. When Moses says in Exodus 18, God is my helper. Eli, my God. Eli Eleazar, my helper. This verse explains why Moses names his son Eleazar. And the other was named, uh, what was the other son's name? Oh, uh, Sorry, I have to go back here in my notes. All of this is a part of the full redemption plan that leads us to the new covenant. Eve was designed to give vital strength to Adam. There were others like Deborah, who was a judge, and Huldah, we find in 2 Kings 22.14, and Isaiah's wife, and Anna and Philip's four daughters. 
There are so many women who are mentioned in the scripture that come from this great command that God had planned for the children of Israel. For the children of Israel who would be led into captivity, led out of captivity, and became the church that Jesus came to minister to, we read of in the New Testament. There was Miriam. And Miriam was a worship leader. In Israelite society, women typically led in public expressions like celebrations and mournings, but they didn't have a speaking role. And all of this leads us to the recognition of the place of women in our culture, the place of women in the culture of Judaism, the place of women, as I talked to us about the last time in the New Testament, the disciples who followed Jesus, the women who were at the tomb resurrection morning, and the women who continued the work um, of following after Christ and then upon his resurrection and transfiguration became the leaders in the first church. Doesn't that sound just overwhelming to you? Just from my notes, I feel overwhelmed with how many there were and I left a number of names out. Some of them who you would say, well, why didn't she mention Bathsheba or Hagar? There are so many women of the Bible. And I want to say to you, these women took great steps of courage. Great steps of courage. The edict had been given. The babies were not to live. Yet, this mother and the midwife who helped Jacobin allowed Moses to live. And then the strength of character to hide that baby in the bulrush, not having any idea what might happen. She might never see him again. He might live, he might not live. And then he became the leader of the land. I know that's a grandiose picture. I'm a grandmother now, and I think about my grandchildren. I have grandiose pictures for them. And I pray that you will recognize your role as a woman, a woman of faith, a wife, a mother, a homemaker. These women, all these women of the Old and New Testament are women who had a strong faith and they did whatever God called them to do, no matter how hard it was. We are an impoverished nation ourselves when it comes to family. And I want to encourage you to continue where you have begun in making one of the strong prongs of your life, the relationship you have with God and the relationship you have with your children. May they see you, watch you, and feel your energy and love for God and take this God to be their God. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and be uncommon today by making a name that will be remembered for generations by doing what God calls you to do.